The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to another episode here at the um, Fit Fighter Podcast, a podcast gym for inspirational fitness talk. I am your host, TJ Williams, uh, certified AFA's fitness instructor, as well as List Mills Body Combat Instructor, here to give you the insight of my fitness journey, discussing and analyzing fitness-based subjects, and highlighting individuals involved in fitness past, present, and future. All right, so for those who are just joining me for the first time, this is a pre-recorded episode, so whatever I talk about in this episode is either coming up or the past and just to give you a heads up um i'm recovering from my surgery or yep and they got me in a adjustable knee brace so i'll be able to work on getting my knee from zero degrees to nine degrees so it's going to be let's say probably a couple of months but you know i'm going to get there they got me um at um zero to 30 right now so another two weeks i bring it up another 30 and see how i am all right so of all my story aside i got a guest with me today all right so she's of course she's from the same western new york area as i am so it's always great to get meet somebody from the same area i am you know i've been getting all people all around the world but now i get somebody from around from where i'm at all right so she's uh, basically a mother of six that's an accomplishment a practitioner of judo yeah this definitely fits with me because i'm also a martial artist all right been teaching and um training in um fitness since 19 that's a long journey oh definitely it's a big accomplishment and i wish i started <laughs> but nevertheless she teaches all sorts of classes which is always great and uh, definitely to learn, learning and loving the fitness definitely keeps her going. So let me introduce everybody to Anita Rotelli, Rotelli uh, Holly. Is that how you say it? It's Rostelli. Yep. Rostelli. Yep. All right. So thank you very much for joining me on the um, Fit Fighter. How are we doing? Great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm always out there trying to look for some guests that has like an inspirational or has an inspiration for um fitness. So I see you are doing quite well teaching classes all over the place. So you definitely teach full time. Yes, I do. I uh, I do uh, group fitness and one on one and I do a little bit of cardiac rehab with um, certain clients. Oh, awesome. Cardi- cardiac rehab. No, really. This is always yeah. just to build that That's cardio. Part, yeah. Right. Yeah had heart attacks or um open heart surgery for um bypass oh okay amazing i mean really it's that's 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 the best way to get them like um recovered and um back in back to cardio um cardio shape i want them to be able to have some semblance of their life again so if they can go out and walk their dog or cut their grass or bring back their garbage cans all the things we take for granted they can't more so that's that's cool all right okay this is what we're gonna do anita you're gonna bring us back in time so we're gonna probably hop into a uh, delorean time machine yeah i love it <laughs> all right so of course this is the first question describe yourself before you got into fitness before i okay so i started um judo when i was seven mm. <laughs> so, 
Um, I was surrounded by fit people my whole life. And when I was seven, my uncles opened up a judo club and they said, um, hey, we need somebody to start our dojo. And my mom said, because uh, my mom did judo with them as a kid. And so my mom said, Nita will do it. And that was the start. I did judo from that point on all the way through um, having my second baby. Oh, amazing. I mean, so judo was that start, that push to get into fitness. And, you know, that's always good with martial arts. That's the same thing with me. I got into martial arts so much, I just decided to do something like to enhance my martial arts training. That's fitness. So that's always good. That's your push. Yes, exactly. And then when I was 19, I um, or I was 18, I was taking a fitness class. And I'm always the person that sits in the front and stands in the front. And the teacher had to, like, use the bathroom and she's like, Nita, get up here. And I jumped up to the front on the stage and I taught while she left. And I thought, geez, I like this. So I went out and I got certified through ACE and AFA. I know you're certified through AFA too. And um, I started teaching right from that on. And I loved it. I just keep trying to try new things all the time. Yeah, Mason. Like if I take classes, I'm not going to back. I'm going to front. It's like I'm challenging the instructor. Like absolutely right, and their eyes are on you. So you're like, come on, let's go. Yeah. So that was like my inspiration to do like um, teach fitness. You know, I started off doing List Mills by Combat when they were teaching in World Gym, like before it changed to Crunch. So that was like my start. That's fun too, right? Like you're always learning something new. And don't you find when you're in the front of the class, you work even harder because you want them to emulate what you're doing and you're talking and you're jumping and you're punching and you're, you just work really hard when you're in front. Yeah. But, you know, at first I kind of felt disconcerted because I'm like the only man in the class, you know, you're surrounded by women, but you know, (laughs) I mean, let's just say it's like one, one, like one to three men always join the class, but you know, it's not nothing to be ashamed of. Oh, I it's, I think it's great. I love it when a guy will come in and take my workouts because I'm like, he is stepping out of his comfort zone. I just find that to be the best. Like, yeah, of course you lift weights. Look at you. Of course you run and stuff. But to come in and be willing to take a group fitness when you're the only man in the class, it shows, first of all, a high level of confidence in yourself, right? Because you're a lot of guys, they're like, oh, I want to go in there, but I'm not going to, but you did. And then you started teaching. I think that's awesome. Yeah, but I mean, for for guys going to class, you know, they just like take a, like those high intensity class, but, you know, they want to go in there for Zumba or yoga or any of those class. I mean, right. Yeah. And once right, and then they're like, this has value. Every, every class we teach has value for, like you said, you take a yoga class. All right, good. Everybody needs to be more nimble and move better and have better mobility no matter how good of a fighter you are and and if you're fast maybe you need to work on you know those deeper strength moves you know and if you're really strong maybe your cardio is not where it should be or maybe you have long endurance but those sprints kill you so we can i find value in every i try that's why i keep trying something i'm like I'll try it if I like it or, and if I really hate it, it probably means I stink at it and I need to do more of it. Yeah. Yeah. So really, uh, well, that's, that's the next thing I want to ask you, like what challenges that you ever faced when, when you go into fitness? Okay. So for me, I'm small. 
So although I believe I'm strong for my size, I still like I tried to strongman class and I did it for six months and I loved it. But being, you know, at my heaviest, I'm 110. Right. And I'm only four eleven and three quarters. So I don't even have that arm span that they would have. So for me, even when I could lift 145 pounds stone, all the other girls are so much bigger that they're able to lift 165 pounds stone because I can't even get my arms around it. So I'm like, how can I lift this up if I can't get my arms around it? So for me, I think it's I really struggle with um, the top end strength, you know, um, Olympic lifting. I tried that and I can do what I weigh. I can do 110. I can clean it and jerk it, put it over my head. But some girls are doing 150 or even more, but they also weigh a lot more. So I think for me, that's a big thing. And I don't love running. I run because I like doing those races, obstacle races. So I run to be able to do that, but I don't love it. And it's a, like for me, if I could run a nine minute mile consistently, I'm really happy. So, you know, some people you see, they're like running eight minute miles for 12 miles. That's not me. Yeah. I can't do that. So I think those are some of my struggles. Yeah. I mean, running is not my um, best friend either. Cause you know, really it's like, it, it, it definitely is pain on your knees, but you know, for me, uh, so far I could run like 10 miles. So that's like the farthest I run. And of course I've done, t- um, five k's before so it's like it's like as long as you got that music in your ear that motivates you it's like right. then you don't worry about the running yeah right. something that keeps you going like a good playlist or if you listen to like an inspirational podcast or something that just catches your attention and and i like you know the movie miracle where the the olympic team was playing ice hockey and we were losing the american team and then so i put that on the playlist on and that will make me run faster because I'll be like, well, hell yeah, they're down and they're not quitting. I'm not going to quit and just push it, you know, and, and I'll play a game if I'm running and I'll see a girl in front of me. I'll be like, I'm going to catch zebra girl. Like she might have zebra pants. I'm like, I'm going to get catch her. And if I catch her, I'm like, all right, now I'm going to stay with her. And then I find somebody else. I'll be like, oh, there's ponytail girl. I got to catch her. So because I'm very competitive. So I'll catch you. And if I can catch you, I'll hang with you. And then if I can just get one step ahead of you, I'm like, all right, now I'm going to stay here. And maybe I'll die trying. <laughs> I might die, but that's, I'll die trying. That's going to be me. And almost like that um, John Henry feeling. It's like you have to beat that machine that's um, hammering the spikes faster than you, but you got to pound up faster. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I see like, yeah, you got to at least look at that person that's in front of you and then see if you get past them. But if you don't, you don't. You try it again. But um, but right. if you get past them, you win. <laughs> and, if I, and if I come close, I ran faster. They were my push, right? The person that I have to try to catch that person. And then typically I've run faster than I have before because I had somebody always chasing that rabbit. That's me. I'm always chasing that next goal. Like, can I climb the, can I climb the rope? Yes. Can I climb it faster? Can I climb it higher? Can I climb it without my legs? Always the night. And then I have to be smart. I'm 55. So I have to be like, okay, my elbow really hurts today. Should I really be climbing the rope or should I rest it and do legs instead? You know, and that, that just happens for me. 
Yeah, it's always great. You have um like extra in like indemnity. If you can't use your arms, you can sure use your legs. So if you can't use your legs, use your arms. Right, like you with your with your leg. I'm sure you're still going to the gym, doing your upper body, probably doing that arm machine. You could probably roll with just your arms, so that way you don't stress out your knee, but you still get to work out in. Yeah, or I can go in my basement. And, you know, I got resistant bands, and of course, I can use upper bodies for doing punches. So yeah. Perfect got your bag and your martial arts right mm -hmm. so yeah, you're probably cranking out the cardio just by wailing on the bag and getting out any frustrations yeah either that or kata <laughs> <laughs> hey whatever works for you right yeah okay so you you got to like a lot of goals so of course you pretty much taught your first class i mean you're doing everything that you can to keep yourself in, in shape and of course here you are you got all these you doing like all these accomplishments you're teaching a lot of classes teaching clients either as a group or separate and do you have like an ultimate goal where you want to expand so i think you know i did at one point i have i have a nice group i feel like i have about 75 women and men that i teach on a weekly basis or at least every couple so like i'll even have people that'll say hey i just want to come once a month, just for a really hard push. They're runners. They're, I have people that come in once a week. That's it. Just So it's like I have regulars that come two, three, five times a week. And then I have people that just drop in. So I used to want to have like even bigger, want to have like hundred people. But then I thought like I want to make a difference to everybody I train. I want them to feel like they can send me a message and I respond that day. I want them to feel like if they're having a really crappy day and their kids are being a pain in the butt or they're struggling with something that they can feel like they can talk to me and I can give them time. So I figure my ultimate fitness goal for me is I would like to be in some sort of big competition, whether it's um, a big Spartan competition where it's elite level or if it's maybe the CrossFit Masters because I'm a, a master's athlete now. Um, if I do that, there's some things I have to be able to do. Like I have to be able to walk on my hands. I can't do that yet. yet. You know, so there's things. So I'm like, I want to do, a like I used to be in a competitive judo player. And, you know, we've had Olympians stay at, at our house, stay here. Jason Morris is an, is an Olympian friend. He went to the Olympics three times and he took a silver. And he's a close friend of mine. He's actually been at my house. Jimmy Pedro went to the Olympics three times. He took the bronze. He's our world champion. Um, I lived with um, the world champ, Mary Lewis. So, I mean, I was surrounded by these Olympians and I was never, I never had the right mindset when I was 18, right? Now as an adult, I have the right mindset, but I don't have the body for it. So I need to find a master's competition where I can take this mindset with the capacity I have, my strength, my fitness, my endurance, um, and really it's up here. And I want to win. I'd like to go and win. And so, and I think that in that way, I can show everybody I train. You're 30 years old. I'm 55. I did it. You can do it. You don't want to be a competitive person? Okay, you don't have to, but you still want to be the best you can be. Don't you want to lift that 50-pound bag of dog food and not feel like you break your back? Don't you want to be able to carry the your doing your own roofing and you want to put the shingles on your shoulders and help your 
your significant other, like functional fitness. You want to be able to walk your dog, run with your kids. But people can't even go on a a 20 mile bike ride because they're just too tired. And I, I'm just like, you get one chance here. Even, even like if you have faith, like I do, and I believe I'm going to heaven, you get one chance on this earth. Why not make the most of it and do all the fun stuff? When I go kayaking, you can't, right? Because your shoulder hurts, get your shoulders stronger. You might not be able to do the rapids, but you can kayak again. And so, and I started that with, um, I, I trained a girl that had a mastectomy and she couldn't get her arm above here. That was it. It was stuck. And I said, you're, you're 50 years old. That that's, that's going to be good enough for you to get your arm that high until you die. No, that's, that's a ridiculous way of thinking. And we've worked it and we worked it. And every time, every workout, now the woman can do everything she got her range of motion back and it took a lot of hard work, but now she oh, always sends me things like, you know, it'll be just a fun little text. It'll be her reaching into her cupboard to get out her coffee mug. And she's like, look what I can do. Right. Like, so things like that, like, I feel like maybe that's why I'm here to give you confidence that you might not have yet in yourself, but you're going to get it because I'm just going to keep telling you, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You know, now believe it. Let's do it. You know? Yeah, I say, well, I have to ask you this. Um, would you follow a king with scars or would you follow a king without scars? Oh, I love that. I follow a king with scars because that means he got back up every time. Without scars, you haven't been through anything, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I love that. that I, I hope you don't mind. I need to use that. Would you follow a king with star, scars or without scars? I love that. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that when I teach my students. You know, I'm like basically, like I said, I've been through a lot of black belt tests. That's like a lot of scars, you know. And you know, I've been through tournaments. You know, I have scars all over the place. I mean, I have stitches. I now I have surgery. So at least I'm telling them that. Would you rather follow me, a king that's with scars that's been fighting from at least for 20 years, or would you follow a a king without scars that's been hiding behind a rock and it's a tyrant. Absolutely. And he has everybody else get the scars for him. Mm-hmm. Work. I love that. That really good. Yeah, I've been thinking about that once I make my comeback to teach those kids. You know, I miss teaching, but you know, yeah, I'm just go coming back, just having a plan. I mean, I want to at least see my students. Yes, absolutely. And don't you feel like when you're teaching kids? You're, you're teaching them martial arts, but you're infusing them with confidence in today's world, which is so important because so many people only want to knock you to the ground. They don't want to build you up. There's always something they're not going to like about you, right? Especially if you're a confident person, right? And you're a black belt and you've worked your butt off for it. Now there's these kids that you're going to teach them how to deal with bullies, how to have self-confidence, how to carry themselves so maybe others won't even try to challenge them because, you know, you don't ever want a bully, but you want to be like, but I'm not going to take that from you. And you're not going to do that to me. And, and, and to help them get strong because kids are so addicted to their, to their phones nowadays and games that they're, they're not out. Like, I mean, I'm older than you are, but you probably remember we'd be outside all day. (laughs) These kids are like, you don't even see them. And you're like, Oh, 
like get out get use your body use your use your mind and your body you there's a time for video games but you need to so in the dojo there's no there's no wi-fi they're working their butt off for you all right and you probably even knock them down so they can see so you're like get up right i'm gonna knock you down you're not hurting them but you're teaching them get up come on you gotta get up you can't stay down there right mm -hmm. yeah that's that's awesome that you teach kids classes. I like teaching kids too, because I have so many of my own. <laughs> yeah. yep. The kids class I think is fun. I like the the little, little ones because I feel like, I don't know, maybe it takes a mom sometimes because you're still like teaching them how to blow their nose even. So they're on the mats and you're like, okay, now come on, let me see you do a somersault. Can you roll? Do you know how, to, how your body awareness feels? Can you do a jumping jack? Can you jump onto this little box or, you know, soft box so they don't hurt their shins? Like things like, do you see how strong your legs feel when you jump as high as you can? And so then, and then you might teach them how to break fall, right? Do you do those in, in karate also, how to fall? Yeah, how to fall and then how to get up properly. Yes, and how to roll too, because sometimes you have to roll out of something, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Speaking of that, you no, know, I was out there running one time. And of course, you know how those um, sidewalks have cracked. And of course, when I um, hit the crack and fell, I caught myself and rolled and got back up and start running. So good, good thing for martial arts training. I caught myself and rolled back up. That's exactly it. Like if you roll and you catch yourself, you're like, you don't even get hurt. I mean, you might have a breast burn, but you're not hurt. Where these other people, they reach for it and they break their wrist, their elbow, their shoulder, dislocate. And you're like, nope, you just got up and kept running. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, it was fun. I mean, it hurt a little bit, but it was fun. What? <laughs> <laughs> anybody that saw you was like, holy crap, did you see that? Yeah. I mean, there was cars coming around there. I'm, I'm surprised nobody stopped saying if I was okay or that was cool. But yeah. Well, they saw you continue to run and were just probably flabbergasted, like, did you just see that? You know, when somebody does that and you say it to yourself, like, did you just see that? <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. Uh, all right. Let's kind of get to your judo background. I mean, I'm I'm kind of um, not familiar with judo, but I think it's mostly throwing, right? Correct. So in judo, there's four ways to win. You throw your opponent and they have scores. So if you throw them, we used to say it, you better bury your opponent, right? That means you throw them with power. And my dad would say, you better leave a body print in the mat. If you do that, you win instantly. And that's really hard to do when you're evenly matched. It's not hard to do if you're a lot better than somebody, you know, is probably in anything, tennis or, or other martial arts. So um, you bury them and you win instantly. You throw them pretty hard. But it's the judge's um, opinion. There will be a, a center ref and then two corner judges. And if they feel like you didn't throw that person hard enough, they'll give you a half a point. Mm. And then if you knock them down, and you knock them down pretty well, but you didn't, you know, they can get back up easily, you'll get like a quarter of a point. Now, the quarter points don't add up. So if you knocked me down 10 times just on my butt, but I threw you really hard once, I would win. So that's one way of winning. The matches go three to five minutes, if you're black belt, or five minutes. Um, then you can pin your opponent, so very much like wrestling. You have to control two parts of the body. 
So not just putting your shoulders down and they touch and it's over. You have to control your partner, two parts of their body for 30 seconds to win. So you pin, it's like their shoulders and their hip. There's, and you know where the head goes, the body follows. So I always try to control the head and the shoulders because if I could keep their head down, usually it's a, a lot easier to keep one of their shoulders controlled. Um, and then um, that's the same thing. So if say I'm pinning you and you manage to get out, if I held you for 20 seconds, I get a half a point. And they give me, and then they stand us up. I can choke you out. Now you can choose to give up and I win instantly, or I can continue to choke you till you pass out. And then I still win. So there's a few rules with that. You're not allowed to push on the face. So if you're allowed to like cross face, like in wrestling, but you're not allowed to actually choke on the chin because you could um, really damage their, their teeth and their jawline. So like the ref, I remember grabbing onto my opponent's arm and throwing myself on my back and with my part, my opponent with me and I kept her legs tangled so they could see she was choking across the face. And I had like this big brush burn. When you said scars, I had this big brush burn and they stopped the choke because she was just across my face, not under my chin. You can choke with your legs. You just cut off the airflow. Um, and then the other way is an arm bar, like in uh, MMA. Um, once again, I can arm bar you until the point of pain where you give up. That's how I did it. Some people slam them on. And if you don't give up in time, you damage their tendons. I don't. I don't like that. I feel like if you have enough control, why would you do that? That's the whole point. You get them in control, control their body parts. You put them in an arm bar. It hurts enough pain. You cause enough pain, then they give up. And they teach you a number of them, some with your legs, some entanglements like this, some out like this. There's others that are easier than, you know. And so those are the four ways you would win in judo. And um, they match you up by weight. Um, once you're 16, you're considered a master um, unless they have a juvenile division. So like at 16, I was fighting women that were 32 and it's underweight. So I fought under 106 pounds and then they add it. They go up to 114, 123, so on and so forth. And you can cut weight if you want, um, but you weigh in that morning and you fight like within an hour or two. So it's not like you weigh in the night before so you can go and eat a lot and replenish your fluids and stuff like that. You might be able to replenish your fluids, but you don't eat too much. So if you fight 106, you might come down from 110, maybe, you know, so, yeah. Oh, man, that's amazing. It's like everything you're like talking about. It's like what I do with my martial arts, you know, definitely I, I can tell a black belt test for a judo has to be the toughest because if you have to go three to five minutes in oh, like, yeah. your test, I mean, that's basically endurance. And you have to right, And you have to do katas and judo also, you know, like a lot of people don't think that, but there are. There's Nagi no kana, uh, Nagi no kata, Katami no kata, and Juno kata. And you have to also do all three in front of your blackboard. So usually in Buffalo, we have to go to Brockport. That's where our head sensei was. Um, now he passed away. This Japanese guy was amazing, Dr. Ishida. He was um, a kamikaze uh, um, fighter in the, you know, he's like a hundred, would be a hundred years old now in Japan. And he would work for the Japanese military police. And then he moved here. And um, 
He started a big judo facility and um, I'll never forget. We went, we had the British girls come to train with us and it was, um, we did a big training weekend and we took the girls to Niagara Falls and we were walking in Niagara Falls and, and um, Dr. Ashita was walking in front of us and he had a, a little thing sticking out of his pocket. And my training partner went like this because it was so loud at the falls. You can't hear anything. There's people everywhere and, and the roar of the falls. And, and she walks up behind him to grab what's in his pocket. And he spins around so fast, grabs her arm, pulls her forward and ducks underneath her and had enough control to pop her up on his hip and then set her down. And she was like, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> and he was like 70. Oh. It was amazing. He just was, I think you would have loved him, a wonderful martial artist that that just embodied all the all the elements of martial arts that you want. You know, mind, body, spirit. It was very cool, a very cool experience. So yeah, so he we would go and sit in front of him. And my uncles were my senseis. They were the ones that started me in judo. They were my senseis. So um, I got my partner and it's um, it's two days. So all Saturday you practice and the senseis walk around and they watch you practicing. And you have to have enough time. So like in judo, you, the youngest you could get your black belt is 16. Even though I started at seven, they will not give you a black belt till you're 16. So I was a brown belt since I was for three years. I had all the competition points. Now you don't have to compete, but you get more points if you do. Um, because you learn a lot when you compete. You know that. You learn a lot about yourself and a mistake you make, you won't make again because you usually lose from it. So, you know, things like that. So like I made points, I had this. So then on Sunday you go in and it's nerve wracking because you're already tired. You've done judo for 10 hours the day before. And they're like, um, Anita, come on up. And we want you to go through round robin. So you stand in the middle and they'll say, how's your may? And somebody will come out and it'll be like shark in the middle. And I have to fight whoever comes out. And then they'll say, hit the ground. How's your mane? Somebody else comes out and attacks me. And then it's round and, you know, and it's men and women. And obviously the men aren't trying to, to kill me since I'm a, a hundred pound, 16 year old. Right. Yeah. And, but they make you fight and the, the senseis are good. So they bring themselves to my level and my weight. So they don't like jerk me around. So then, you know, the next day you get there and they say, show us Nagi no Kata. And you have to perform it right and left side in front of everyone. It's uh, 15 throws, um, right side and left side. And then they'll say, show us Juno Kata. And that is 30 um, sort of throws, but you never throw your partner. That is to show real control. So I'll take my partner up and I'll put them down and I'll go into it in the other side and I'll take them up, you know, all different things. And then they will say, okay, now it's Katami no Kata on the ground, please. And my partner will lay there and I will go through a series of, of pins, arm bars and chokes and um, leg locks, although they don't do leg locks anymore in judo. They did teach us them because sambo and judo go very close together. So if a judo player ever wanted to roll over into samba, sambo, um, you need to know how to do leg locks. So 
So that's how our that's how our testing is probably similar to yours. Oh yeah, I can, that's just the way you're like explaining it. It's, it sounds sounds like my fourth degree black belt test. I mean, I'm not only I'm doing the things that require they put like extra stuff in in there just to at least see how far I can go. And you know, they wasn't going easy on me, and I was almost out of breath. But you know, the fact that I got a heart of a black belt, it's like I mean, I had to win. I mean, well, it's a good thing I don't have to test physically no more by my next for my next rank. All I do is perform in front of Mr. Norris, and then um, I'm got my black jacket. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna be so exciting! When yep. do you do that? Uh, July. So I should be healed by then. So I just gotta do like a two minute performance, and then from there, they um call me up on the stage, and I get my black jacket. So that make me a master. Do they do a like a question and answer, or is it you teach so many hours with your kids and back on the mat? Is that how you do it to get to your fifth degree? Well, they have us do like uh two uh, master development series, like. For one, there's level one, level two. Like I did level one this um past um July, so I'm I'm, I'm gonna do like level two. So that should have me set for July. Oh, great! So that's exciting. I look forward to seeing that on your page. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm started thinking like what music to use and what how how because I, I was like watching the performance for this year. I mean, we think we had like ten people get their master rank, so at least watching them and get an idea of what I want to do. Yeah. That's exciting. That's really exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. You mentioned that you had to travel the test. So that kind of makes sense for what I had to do. So for the first two black belt tests, I didn't have to travel. I I tested here in home at my hometown. And then for like for the last two tests, like my third and my fourth, I had to travel. And probably like the last test, I had to travel all the way to Boston from like midnight to like seven o'clock in the morning. So yeah. And then you had to test all day. Oh, yeah. And then we drove right back. Oh, no. That's a long day, right? Yeah. Look this way. I mean, we missed two exits. And then, like, the way the coming back, there was, like, traffic, like, on the road that we went that we went to to go to the test because there was a car accident. So, luckily, we weren't stuck. <laughs> it worked out perfectly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not used to being bat- Batman um, just doing driving, like, from midnight to 7 o'clock in the morning. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, do you have to go back to Boston in July or where will that be? Well, usually we have our convention like in um, Las Vegas every year. So, yeah, so I'll be doing um, getting my master ranks in Las Vegas with um, Grandmaster Chuck Norris and um, the rest of the board. So that's. Oh, that's cool. that is. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. It's like, no, I'm just like real pumped about it. I just want to get everything out of the way and then get this going. And I don't have to test physically anymore, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. It's yeah. so cool. All right. All right. So let's give um, martial arts a little break, but let's get back to fitness. You know, what's the one thing, the one subject you want people to know about fitness? Hmm. Okay. Maybe that anybody can do it, no matter no matter where you're at. If you're like, you know, some so many people will say, I'm going to come to boot camp when I get in shape. And I'm like, no, that that's my job. You can't come to boot camp, whatever shape you're in. It doesn't matter. There are people that have no legs that work out, right? The Paralympians, right? That, you know, w- w- what if you're in a bad accident and you're very fit and then you say, well, you know, I, I can't use my legs, so I'm done. No, that's not true. So I, I think my one biggest thing is you can 
you can train at any any level you want, whatever beginner to super advanced. There's a place for you in the fitness world, and that you need. Sometimes you need to do it even when you don't want to, right? You know, there's days you just don't feel like it, and it's like, well, you got to brush yourself off and. Just get moving. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you're too tired today. It might not be your best workout, but it's better than no workout. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And like I tell these kids, like, you know, how much time you got like a lot of time to train. You know, you don't have to train for an hour. You know, you could train for three minutes a day just to like what we get over class. It's not had to be cardio, but it's about it's not you getting better. It's you preparing. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And like you said, I mean, sometimes what if you only have 30 minutes? Well, then go take a walk or go take a run or hop on your bike or hit the bag or do a a strength training thing. Right. You don't it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Oh, I, I don't have a full hour. Okay, you have a half an hour. Use that wisely. People say I don't have any equipment. Do you have a set of stairs? can run up and down the stairs, right? You can do box jumps on your stairs. You can do lunges onto and off of your stairs. You can do soccer taps. You can do incline push-ups, decline push-ups, right? So you don't need, you have a coffee table, put your feet up, you know, like you don't need, you have your own body and whatever's around you. Is it nice to have a gym? Of course it is, you know, but you, a lot of classes I teach, it's with one dumbbell because I teach a lot of, a lot of women that might not have a lot of money, right? So they don't, they can't go and, and, and buy a squat rack and buy a this and a buy a that. And I'll say, buy one dumbbell and go to Walmart and get it. You don't even have to go to Dick's, right? Or buy one dumbbell. We can do so much with one dumbbell. You know, you can do single arm chest press or do both arms, right? You can do kettlebell swings, dumbbell snatches, so, shoulder press, renegade rows, single arm rows. I'm like, goblet squats, weighted lunges, overhead lunges, right? Like I'm like, when one, when two hands is too easy, I'll tell them. So get a heavy enough weight where you need two hands to do it. When you get so strong that that's too easy, then you go to singles. Now you saved enough money to buy two dumbbells, right? It's just like, but you don't need a lot of equipment. You can go and buy a bag of sand at, at Home Depot. I think it's five bucks. Buy a 60 pound bag of sand. Use that, wrap it in duct tape. I do, that's my sandbag. I wrap it up. I use it. I'd use it on runs, on carries. I pick it up. I put it down. I throw it over my shoulder. I do sit-ups with it. I do squats with it. I do lunges with it. And it costs $5. I mean, that's always the alternative. You know, if you can't find workout equipment um, at Walmart, you know, you got your home appliances to really back that up. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so... Yeah, I mean, if you can't beat Ivan Drago, you could be Rocky Balboa. Exactly. And I love, that's my favorite part of of number four is when he is using a log that he found, right? You know, and go take a hike anywhere. Pick up a stick, a heavy one, tip it, right? You can find a rock, carry a rock, like not a little one. Like, you know, if you go to Chestnut Ridge or you go to anywhere, Go to the beach. Now it's free again, right? Go to Beaver, Buckhorn, wherever, and bring one bucket. If you fill that sucker up with sand and carry it around, that's heavy. You know how heavy it is to carry a bucket of water, right? Carry a bucket of water and try not to spill it. See if you can. 
it can work as stabilizing muscles where you're not spilling it and carry it far. A farmer's carry, right? Mm-hmm. That's work. I hate by the way, just so you know. <laughs> I do them, but I hate them. Uh, well, oh, speaking of um, people buying their stuff from Walmart, I know um, the pandemic affected a lot of people, especially the gym being closed. But I know with you, you with the mindset you have, I mean, it says big deal. The gym is closed. I can pretty much make my own gym, basically. So I don't have to go do anything, go out, buy. I can create my own gym. I And I did classes outside. I stood everybody. We roped off six feet. We went to a playground and it was cold (laughs) and everybody dressed appropriately. And we did old fashioned calisthenics. I turned on the music real loud. We did jumping jacks. We did burpees. We did pushups. We did sit-ups. We did squats. We did lunges. We ran around the circle. We just, I said, you you know, with the pandemic, did you not learn anything that the stronger and healthier you are, the better you fight off all diseases, not just the stupid coronavirus. Yet these people only want to get a shot. They don't want to quit smoking. They don't want to lose weight. You're like, how are you heavier? You got to stay home and work from home. So you didn't have to have any commuting times. Why were you not walking up and down your stairs, running up and down your stairs? You know, you couldn't go out to eat at a restaurant so you could eat healthier at home, but you didn't want to. You didn't want you badly enough. And I'm like, is it not enough that there's something that's killing people out there? And is it not enough that diabetes kills and heart attacks and strokes, you know, and like, no, that's ridiculous. Just don't, you know? And so send a voice, ma'am. Sorry. That's my sister. Um, so yeah. So, uh, um, and then I, for a short time, my husband set me up on his, his, um, uh, what's it called? His computer. And I taught zoom classes. He set it up for me. That's why I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> he set it up and I taught zoom classes. And I would teach two classes a day. I teach a morning class for the girls that could start their work day later. And I taught night classes and I said, I know you don't, some of you don't even have a dumbbell. And I said, that's okay. We're going to use whatever you have. So the one girl, I said, don't you have a book bag? I said, well, throw a bunch of cans in it. So she went out and put a whole bunch of cans in the book bag and used it as a sandbag. And she did sandbag squats and shoulder to overhead and chest press and slide throughs when we were in planks. So, and I would do, I'd say, I'd bring the video camera and I'd say, we're going to do a stair workout. And I had it on me and we ran up and down the stairs together. And then we ran just up and down one stair and we did push-ups and we did dips and, and we did anything you could think of. I'd say, come on, race me. We're going to do as many sit-ups as we can in a minute. Are you ready? Let's go. And we would do it. And I'm like, you better beat me. Somebody better beat me. And, um, I figured, what better way to keep people moving and positive because those were scary times in the beginning, you know, before we knew anything about it. And I was like, you don't live in fear. You, you're, if you live in fear, you're, you're losing all of today and you don't know what tomorrow brings. So you li- you lose all t- all day to turn off the TV. I don't want you to watch any more about it. You don't need to watch any more about it. You need to sit here and focus on what you can do not anything else. You do what you can do. That means get yourself healthier. Don't be eating as much crap. 
yes, you're going to eat some crap. I don't care. But be healthier. Quit smoking, right? If you smoke, you know it attacks your lungs, then quit smoking. Or at least cut back, you know? And so that's kind of, that's what I did. I just did what I had to do. And I just, I grew up very poor, very, very poor. And so I had a job when I was 11. You know, I, I was babysitting the neighbor's kids. And, you know, we just, and I feel like it was the best thing ever because I know a huge difference between a want and a need because our needs were feed your family. I got, you know, like I tell my children, I'm like, you know, you're very fortunate that you get all these new school clothes because when I went to school, I got one thing. I didn't get an outfit. I got either pants or shirts or shoes. The rest were hand-me-downs from my cousins whether they fit great or not, right? My mom my mom could sew wonderfully. So if the clothes were too big, she took them in for me. If they were too small, we went up to the next size and saved these ones. And thankfully, I was a little peanut for so long. I, stayed in a, I mean, they're still not even five feet tall, for God's sake. So <laughs> she didn't worry about that. But um, it was just, and, but I felt like my parents did things with us. My dad would say, well, we're going sledding because it's free, right? Oh, we're going ice skating at the pond, right? Um, we're going, we're all going to go for a hike. We're going to go to the beach. And um, I just felt like it was great. Like we got to compete at judo and we got sponsors. So they, we could get to these tournaments, but we all, my parents would put us in the car and we had, you know, ham sandwiches or peanut butter and jelly or tuna fish, whatever was the cheapest. And we would drive and we would all share one room, all seven of us. And my parents would have the one bed. And then the other bed, we would take turns. Whoever was fighting on Saturday. So it would usually be me and my sister would get the bed one night. And then my little brothers would fight the next day. So me and my sister would sleep on the floor because we were done. And my brothers would have the bed. And um, and we just would, my mom only brought meals. She'd bring, she'd bring apples and sandwiches and and water. We'd have apple sandwiches and water. And we got to go and compete all over and make friends all over. And and um, so I just feel like, you know, I don't need much. I, I need to be healthy. And that's kind of what I want for all my students is to just be healthy or as healthy as they can be. Yeah, amazing. I mean, I'm getting like double the indemnity. It's like I'm getting my Fit Fighter podcast as well as my Kick Pie podcast. So that's oh, that. I keep going, you're going no. back to. I'm sorry. Oh no, this is fun. I mean, really, I'm getting like the fitness and as well as the martial arts background for you. It's, I mean, really, this is amazing. Oh, it's, it's yeah. I've taught a lot of classes. When I think back, I'm like, all right. So I started teaching. Do you remember the 20 minute workout years ago? It was on TV. So I started teaching classes like that. Except it would be you know a full hour, but it would be stuff like that. And then I was like. No, you really need to know what you're doing and be certified. So then I got certified and I started teaching high-low and then high-impact and then step aerobics and then high-intensity step, which I happen to still teach. I love that one. Um, and I teach high-low. And then I taught the old-fashioned, um, uh, what's his name, Tybo, remember? Oh, Billy Blanks. Billy Blanks. So I got certified to teach his Taibo, which I loved. And I, I was like out to here when I got certified. And the instructor was like, 
oh my God. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. This is baby four. I'm used to it. And I was 38 weeks pregnant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I taught right through, right? And so, um, and then I taught this stupid thing called double, double step. They don't do it anymore. They had two steps side by side. And, but that was so confusing for students. It was like, oh, that's in last. And then that slide one, remember they'd have a slide on the ground and you'd put these pads on your feet and you'd slide like an ice skater. Yeah. That was very long either. Um, and then I, I kind of transversed into like an absolute body conditioning, blending interval training with the, with the weights. And then I'm like, yeah, but I like strength training. I like to be strong. So then I went into strength training and just kept adding. And then I'm like, well, let's let's combine it and do a, just an overall boot camp that has everything. There's going to be a little bit of running. There's going to be some battle ropes. There's going to be, you know, um, some weights, some kettlebells, some this. And then I started doing um, OCR races. And I'm like, I love this. This is so fun. This is like the most fun because you don't have to run. A, you run far over the course of the race, but it's not like, oh, you got to run two miles straight, right? So it's like, so and I started teaching a Spartan class and all these women were like, we love this. And men were coming to me saying, oh, this isn't like a girly class. We love this. So every Sunday I would teach that and I'd say, all right. It's going to be a quarter of a mile run in between every obstacle. So you're going to climb the rope two times or do a form of it. If you can't climb the rope, I teach you how to do the legs. But if you're not there yet, I'll say this is the precursor to climbing a rope. It's going to get you stronger. You're going to do this. And then you're going to run to that corner and back. When you come back, now you're going to do 50 battle rope slams and run to that corner and back. Now you're going to carry the sand bucket. The man's sand bucket is 50 pounds. The woman is 35. You bear hug it. You carry it a quarter of a mile and come back. Then you got to run again and come back. So everything they would do, they'd be like, they wouldn't get bored because they'd only carry the sand bucket once, sandbag once, farmers carry once, climb the rope, pull-ups, clean and jerk. So, and then I started adding odd implements. I'm like, well, there's a sandbag. Now I want you to try and carry that. Well, it's a lot harder, right? Because it's awkward. Yeah. And I flipped that log instead of my tire. I took out the sledgehammer. We're going to use the sledgehammer today. So that way you don't get bored. You're like, this is cool. This is fun. And you're getting your fitness in. And, and, and it goes by like really fast. So I'll tell everyone, I'll say, this workout's going to take you two hours. If you don't want to stay two hours, I'm cool with that. Stay just an hour. Stay what you can. But if you're going to complete this, I'm going to give you a two-hour time cap. The faster you move, the better the fitness level you're going to be at. So, like, if I could finish it in an hour and 15 minutes, I would still stay and be like, no, I'll help you finish if you want to finish, right? So then they feel empowered. Like, I did that. I can't, And I can't tell you how many you might see on my Facebook page that I sometimes will put up something somebody texted me I can't believe I did that I felt so good about myself today you know I I carried all the mulch in and my husband was like whoa what did you do <laughs> you know like just these things that these women used to never be able to do and men you know like I'll, I'll even have men will say like you know I I couldn't run worth a crap and I ran a 5k with my daughter you know because they are strong they like to lift but because they're hitting these intervals, they're like, I just ran a 5K with my kid. 
And they're like, and I'm damn proud of myself. And I'm like, I'm proud of you too. You know, stepping out of your comfort zone. It's amazing. Oh man, that's like a long mile story right there. I mean, I can definitely relate to all that really just, especially with the training, you know, with, um, Listen to by comment. I can always remember like my two days of training and the fact that um people like I it was like the second day that um my um uh, the instructor that was teaching found that I know Chuck Norris and then she kind of announced in the class and people was like confused and I'm sitting here raising my hand slowly like hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember I took a body combat class. I I don't think I took it from you, um, and I thought wow this is fun. This is really fun. Um, But it just didn't jive with my schedule. But I was like, oh, my gosh, every time I see it on a schedule somewhere, I'm like, if I can get to that, it's fun and it's hard work. So that's the whole point. Don't you think like you get a great workout without feeling like it's trudgery? Right? Like you're having fun. So it doesn't seem like, oh, this is hell. How long has it been? You know, something like that. Yeah, that's the great thing about body comedy. It's like it's choreographed. You um are doing techniques to the music. So really you don't even think about how long it is. It's like you're just following the music and the choreograph of the um workout. And you like the music too, right? So you got this music that pumps you up and you feel like like I love it. Don't you love it when you hear a song and it makes you want to bust out singing, but you're working your ass off so it's hard? But you're like, yeah, this is my jam. And you go like a little bit harder and a little bit faster, or you get one more rep in, or you might jump like this much higher. And you just you can tell when that song comes on that hits home with somebody. So that's what I'll do. I'll I'll send out something and I would say, like, hey, you know, give me a list of songs that you love. I'm gonna put one in the playlist. Now send it out to the top to like the, like, I'll take a list and I'll say, okay, I've got 25 girls coming to tomorrow's class and I'll send them a message. This is what I want you to bring. I want you to bring a laundry basket, a medicine ball, a dumbbell, your jump rope and your mat. We're going to meet at this playground. What is your favorite song that pumps you up that I play or that I could play for you? So they give me it and then I work it into a playlist and then. So you'll know when that song comes on because we'll be training in it. Then I'll hear, oh, God, yeah. And I'm like, good. It's, it's, you know, it's just another way to make it fun, I think, you know. Yeah, I hope um, one of those songs in the, your playlist has to be Queen. Yeah, oh, I love Queen. It's I have Queen on all the time. And they'll be, and you'll hear somebody, or I'll say sometimes, I'll put it in a place where they can breathe, like I'll, I'll put them down and, and planks and we'll go like up, up, down, down, or, or a rotation or pull through. And I'll say, um, and then when that comes on, I'll be like, we will, we will. And then they'll scream and I'll be like, I can't hear you. you know, anything to make it fun. Right. Oh yeah. All right. So who's the one person that you look up to th- during your journey? I know you have a lot of people that you have in mind, but what was that one main person that, that you look up to? I think I'd have to pick two and it, it's going to sound corny, but I'll tell you why I'm picking my mother first of all, because my mom was overweight most of her life. And then one day after having five kids, she said, I don't want to be overweight anymore. So she did her own weight watchers, just modified what she ate. And she started lifting weights with my dad and exercising. 
And she lost 55 pounds and kept it off. And she decided to join the tryout for the Empire State Games and the Olympic lifting. And my mother won and held the record for 15 years. Now, at the time, there wasn't a lot of people doing the clean and jerk and snatch. But my mother, at 106 pounds, clean and jerked. Um, I think clean and jerked 95 pounds. She was in her 40s and she um, snatched 80 pounds at 106 pounds. Now, that's not a ton in today's world now because a lot more people do the clean and jerk and the snatch, but it still is a lot to weigh 106 and put 95 pounds up and over your head, dropping into a full squat. You know, she is like my hero and she kept her weight off. Right. Now, the other one is my dad, because my dad was always a muscle man. He was a laborer his whole life. And no matter how muscular he was, and he was an an Adonis, you'll see some of his pictures on Facebook. Um, He never told my mom she was fat. Never. I never heard my dad ever mention overweight, heavy, fat. Just always, oh, man, she's the most beautiful woman around, right? And my dad stayed fit his whole life, even when he had cancer and he died six months later. My dad was riding his bike. He was power washing the house. My dad would carry, pick up, he was a tile setter. So he'd carry his own water. He'd carry his own tile. He'd carry his own cement. And he'd carry this big, heavy trough, plop it on the ground, pour the cement in there, get his water. Poet, you know, he did everything by hand. And he was so physically fit that that man could work a 15-hour day. I remember he took me to work one day because he's like, well, you know, you're my kid and you're one of the the most grittiest person I know. So you're going to come to work with me. And although I didn't know how to do anything, I was the perfect laborer. And my dad he had me carrying bags of cement. And my dad did this enormous job. I mean, my dad first had to put down the wood and then roll out the wire mesh and then pound it in by hand, not with like a nail gun. And then he mixed his own cement and then carried it and poured it and floated it. I mean, this was a full day. And I just looked at my dad. I thought I was dying at 18 years old, a very fit, very strong 18-year-old girl, like my dad made me weightlift. My dad was like, you better learn how to deadlift. So at 18, I could deadlift 200 pounds, twice my body weight. Mm. And I did five the other day at 55 years old. So I can still deadlift, right? So my dad was like, you are not going to be a weak woman. We are we do not have weaklings in this family. And I saw my dad put me under the table through work. And I just thought, that's gonna be me. I'm going to be him when I'm old. I'm going to be able to work all day and lay down with the 20 year olds. And until my dad died, he was like that. My dad worked. He was a workhorse and he was strong. And for somebody to be that determined and gritty, maybe he didn't have the raw talent of a Mary Lou Retton or one of my judo friends who were, who were, uh, talented in the sport that I loved, he had the grit, which people lack today. I I think 
not everybody, of course, but many. And he just, he did a job till it was done. And he was, I just value clearly, I value strength, strength of character, strength of will. Cause you know, in martial arts too, like what if you're losing by one point, but you have a minute left and you can beat this opponent, but you're just tired. You're really going to lose by a point. Are you going to fight your ass off to not only get that point and then score the final point or however they do it in karate, right? In judo, it's the same thing. Like, or in Rocky, I didn't hear no bell, right? I didn't hear no bell. So until, you know, I run through the finish line, I, if, if I fail on a lift, I get up and I do it again because my dad said, get up and do it again. So those are my heroes. Yeah, amazing. And kind of um, getting like that, uh, that quote, I didn't hear no bell, but like I said, like, like I would say, um, it, once the clock hits zero, if you're not done, continue and finish. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are totally on the same page. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how I use like you know, uses like I just do time bouts. So really, if if it hits zero and I'm not finished, I'm continuing until I'm done. That's right, finish. And same thing, like if I if I write a workout for people and I give you a time cap, it means I want you to push to get it done in that time cap. So you're really at that high intensity level. But if for some reason you don't that time cap happens and you have 10 reps to go, I'll be like, well, finish. <laughs> you know, like okay, you didn't finish in the time cap I gave you. So maybe you're having a rough day. Maybe it wasn't a liberal enough time cap, but I still expect you to finish, right? So the time's done, you're still going to finish. You know, those last reps are the most important. So yeah, we're very... All right, so I got one final question before we get to our um, hidden gym segment. So that's the fun part. So the last, last question would be, what motivational is inspirational quote best describes your journey hmm um everyone wants to win but not everyone wants to prepare to win so everyone is you know they'll say it's the will to win but not really it's the will to prepare to win mm-hmm. yeah i always say it to my students you don't train to get better you train to prepare so if whatever i got going on for a class i mean i mean be prepared for that because you know if people don't train if kids don't train then and if i say we're doing this in class and then they say i i don't know what we're doing or i don't know the kata or i don't know the technique that means you must have been trained right exactly right you're not prepared right so yeah that's absolutely that's my 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 go-to line Uh, yeah so with me i mean i know like all the kind of that I need to do for my, um, for my style, but yet I'm kind of going outside my style and learning like Shotokan's, um, katas. like for my last, um, convention I went to, I did Impy. That was like a Shotokan kata. That's not part of our kata curriculum, but that's something different. I mean, I was competing against a world champion. I mean, I only lost by an inch. I mean, it's better than losing by like, like three points, but I lost by an inch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And- so you're like, look what I did, right? Yeah. You prepared. Oh, yeah, I was preparing. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't just go into a blind. You were like, no, I put in the time. And that's what you're telling your kids that you train. You have to put in the time. It just doesn't happen overnight. Like, oh, I'm just good. No, it's like I work to be good. Yeah. 
I mean, even though I lost by an inch, it's like my goal right now is to win by an inch. So I'm going to get better by an inch. I bet you will. Yeah. No doubt. (laughs) <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen we have reached our hidden um gym um segment of the interview this is the fun part this is where we get the fun side of anita right now so here we go so we got seven questions i gotta ask you are you ready for this i am all right the best advice you ever gotten and who said it oh my god the best advice i've ever gotten who said it um oh god fitness wise Oh, anything like what you could think of. Anything. Um, okay. I think this one I got from I got from one of my judo coaches and he said, you know, happiness is not a reaction, it's a decision. So I use that all the time because there's gonna be a lot of crap that happens. And you know, you, you, you don't just be like, Oh, uh, today's a great day. So I'm going to be happy. No, it's like you find the happiness in your day, you know? So I'm always looking for a silver lining. That would be my. Yeah. Uh, all right. The worst advice you've ever gotten. <laughs> the worst advice I've ever gotten. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's advice, but I was, I was with one of my girlfriends and she's like, you should try this. And it was like this disgusting food. And then I tried it and I was like, oh, so I learned like not to just (laughs) blindly try something like to like research before I do it. I think that would be, you know, like here, you should just do this. Like, no, I I need to put a little bit of thought into something first. Yeah, I guess a lot of people not putting a lot of thought, putting um, NyQuil and um, chicken. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Exactly. That is ridiculous. I mean, were they trying to get a cold? Like, I guess they only do that when they get a cold, but not, but really, honestly, NyQuil on chicken? No. Oh, God, no. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you should check out um, Tiffany Wilder. She does all these um, videos, like people making like unusual food, and then she just roasts them. And I'm just sitting there cracking up. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. Tiffany Wilder? Uh, Wilder, yeah. What? Yeah, you see like a like a little like a sculpt. She got like a sculpture face, and her eyes and her mouth is moving, and, and it's just uh, hilarious. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna check that out. Tiffany Wilder. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next question. Uh, guilty pleasure. How do you reward yourself? Oh, okay. I love pizza mm-hmm. and a cold and Coke. So a cold and. And like, and I love, so that would be my reward. Like I, if I see a movie, I always have popcorn, but if I work really hard, I'm like, you know, I'm not depriving myself. I want an ice cold can of Coke and a slice of pizza and a good slice of pizza. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, you got to go find those good places. I mean, really. Thin crust too. That's me. I'm a thin crust girl. Yeah, for me, it's, it's just the Detroit. I need that deep dish. Yeah. Oh, great. No, I've had good deep dish, too. So yeah. I, I I could go, if it was a really good deep dish, I'd, I'd be like, okay, you know. But I do like thin crust pizza, too. I think I can have two slices then because I'm not so full from the deep dish. <laughs> yeah. All right. What famous, per- per- famous purpose person you want to work out with? Oh, my gosh. Oh. There's so many. All right. So like in the CrossFit world, because I, I love watching CrossFit. I'm just so like into that. Right. Um, 
that some of the OGs I would love to work out with, like um, like a Tia Claire Toomey, you know, or a Rich Froning, because I, I love that sport. I love the evolution of it. Um, but like, oh man, to like train with like someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger and to lift with him. And then um, the other thing would be Martin Lises. He won the Arnold Strongman Classic. He's Oh, what a personality. And, you know, and I would love to try all those. I mean, they'd pare them down for me, but all those, those um, strongman implements, I would love to try them just maybe small sized. Yeah. I mean, call me crazy, but, uh, you know, if they were in their prime, I would probably work out with Carl Weathers and um, Sylvester Stallone. Yes, 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 yes. I would love that too. My two favorites. I mean, I love Rocky one and two. I love when he's training them. It's or actually three with Mr. T. I love when Carl Weathers and Sylvester Stallone train together. I just that's that's the best. You know, honestly, um, if I if I had the money, I would have had a chance to meet him in um Toronto like at the end of um August because he was um in fan expo. And yeah, I would have had an opportunity to get a photo op with him if I had the money. Yeah. Uh- I'm sorry. Well, maybe next time. Maybe it'll things will roll your way again. Yeah. So you probably at another um, Comic Con or Fan Expo. I mean, uh, you know, he, he probably ain't going nowhere. <laughs> no, I know. He's, I just watched his movie Samaritan, and it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, secret talent. I don't know if it's secret. I'm a very, very good cook. Um, a very good cook. And I do, I do like to play the piano. I haven't practiced in a long time, but I really want to start back to the piano. I like it. I mean, once I settle. (laughs) All right. Uh, if you were in a movie, what kind of movie would you be in? I'd either be in a sci-fi or an action one because I love sci-fi. I love sci-fi. Um, but I'm really an action girl. Like I, I love action, so I'd probably action more than sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, sci-fi horror movies. I mean, for me, yeah, I think I got better insurance with um horror movies than anything else. Because I mean, all these horror movie um um icons, it's just amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love uh, all Halloween. I do horror movies, but I just I'm like I love like you know. I would love to maybe be attached to the wire and have them pull me through the air and fly around. So like that, you know, I think that would be fun. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. I got to get to watching um, the Hocus Pocus too. I know that's out. I know. I'm going to be watching it tonight with my nephew. I'm very excited. Oh yeah. I'm so excited to see the sequel. <laughs> yeah, wait. And I'm having popcorn and pizza, by the way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey. All right. One final question. Uh, where do you see yourself 10 years from now? I'm doing the same thing 10 years from now. Yep. I'm going to be teaching. Um, hopefully I'll even find something new to teach. You know, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I figure um, I maybe I'll, God, would this be so cool if I was a 65 year old at the CrossFit games and the master's competition you know, I, um, 
this body, I mean, I, so far I have all my parts, all the original parts. This is all me. No Botox, no nothing. I haven't had any surgeries to repair anything. And I plan someday to go into the ground with all my original parts. So I plan to work out and keep myself strong and healthy until the day I die. Uh, yeah, definitely. And if I you're in the front of a talk show, then I'm definitely going to be watching that. <laughs> Hopefully we'll do this again. We'll be, you know, we'll be, you'll be still teaching your classes. I'll still be teaching. Yeah. So definitely probably my podcast will go like further. I'll be probably all over the world. <laughs> Awesome. Can I tag my friends in this podcast or can I tell them when it's coming up or? Yeah. So once I um, get this, um, like edited and then uh, of course I post it and of course I'll have a link and then you mean, you could do whatever you want with that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And then I'm going to, uh, I'm going to tag your thing and tell all my friends, check out his uh, podcast. Cause I want to listen to some of your podcasts. I've got a long bike ride that I have to do. So I'm Put on the podcast and listen to some of your other guests. Uh, definitely. All right. So before we kind of um cut out of this, uh, is there any last minute words you'd like to say to those listeners out there? Oh gosh, uh, get your body moving. Find something you love to do and do it. No excuses because you get one body, you get one life. Take care of it. And uh, and if you ever want a workout partner, hit me up. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Anita. I mean, I know you are putting. A lot of time with your clients and i know you probably got one coming up soon so i mean i'm gonna do my little close to my um podcast and then um i got you look i'll let you go hey well, thank you so much i appreciate this very much yeah definitely it's a good thing i caught you at a good time you certainly did so thank you so much and um take care of that knee yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for those who just tuned in, make sure you tune into the, uh, my previous episodes on the BICBPRadio.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I'll see you next time for another episode here at the Fit Fighter Podcast. This is your host, TJ Williams, closing the gym. <laughs>